This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Good news, Jim. A new survey found that 78% of people say they're washing their hands much more than they used to. Okay. Uh, bad news is 12% of people say they sometimes still skip washing their hands after using the bathroom. That's one in eight people. Yeah. At, at work or at home? A public bathroom. Okay, that's different. Very much different. You don't wash your hands at a public bathroom? No, I when always you wash, do. I yeah, feel like I'm going to hang a leak at home sometimes. And I, you know, if, as far as COVID goes, if it's in my house, it's already in there. People now wash for an average of 19 seconds, which is up from 13 seconds before the outbreak. Uh, the recommended amount of time is 20 seconds. So pretty close to, uh, to the 20 second mark there with 19. I also find I'm washing my hands a lot more vigorously. Getting in between the fingers and all that. Uh huh. I uh, I try to I try to wash him like Leonardo DiCaprio did in The Aviator. Howard Hughes. <laughs> I don't remember that scene. <laughs> Notorious germaphobe. Oh, okay. <laughs> he uh, he he would basically wash his hands till the skin came off. Oh man. One downside to that is uh, if you're wearing beige shorts and you're washing your hands for a long period of time vigorously. Uh, there is a good chance there's going to be some splashback. <laughs> and the beige shorts, when you get water on them, it really does look like you peed yourself Yeah, coming and, out of the bathroom. And for some reason, it takes forever to dry. You try to take the towel and yeah. pat it down, it doesn't work. And you haven't seen anybody all morning long. <laughs> as soon as it looks like you had some pee dribbles, everyone and their mom wants to stop by and say hi. <laughs> <laughs> this is another story, a lighter side of what we're going through right now with COVID-19. We know that a lot of schooling is going to be done online, continue to be done online. A student at the University of Georgia was taking an online exam when a meatball from her meatball sub landed on her keyboard and logged her out of the exam early. She ended up with a 39% because of it. But don't worry, the professor let her retake the test. That's a new one. The the excuse is so ridiculous. It's like, okay, if you're going to make something up, wouldn't you make up something better than a meatball from my <laughs> meatball sub fell out of the uh, sandwich, hit the keyboard, and logged me out? I like it that it's such an important exam that you you know you know you got to you probably terrified when it happens and it logs out. But you're also eating a meatball sandwich <laughs> while you're taking an exam. Yeah, save the meatball sub for after the exam. Reward yourself yeah. for a job well done. With a uh, 12-inch meatball sub. Yeah. Jim, yesterday morning we shared the story that uh, British Columbia health officials are recommending the use of glory holes during <laughs> the pandemic um, just to keep things safe. Um, <laughs> social media really went wild with this yesterday. Saw a lot of hashtag glory hole going on. <laughs> it is. It's so stupid. Hey, man. If you're not face-to-face, you really decrease the uh, chance of getting COVID-19. So it's not that crazy, obviously. And this is the problem. This is exactly the problem. People were laughing. They were having fun with it. And the BCCDC, Center for Disease Control, they felt like their message was getting lost in all of this. Choose sexual positions that limit face-to-face contact. Use barriers like walls or glory holes. That is on their list of things you should do if you're going to have sexual contact during the COVID-19 pandemic. And people were laughing. They were joking. Ha, ha, ha. Grow up, everybody. 
This is a health crisis. This is a health crisis. And they actually, they, they had a meeting, a, a brainstorm session, thought, what can we do? And they said, well, we'll reach out to some big influencers and see if they can help us convey the seriousness of this message that people should be using glory holes. One of the calls they made was to us. Uh, mm-hmm. Honored. Thank you. British Columbia Center for Disease Control. They said, Taz and Jim, can you do something? Can you start running a public service announcement on your show uh, and and just remind people that this is a very serious issue? So we did that, and we'd like to share it with you now. Glory, glory, I will do ya Without a hole to poke through ya Will not get a ride unless you're on the other side And I hope I don't get splinters in my junk Be a good citizen and use a glory hole A small hole can make a big difference Do your part in the fight against this invisible enemy By making a nearly invisible friend With a glory hole Now let's hear it from the other side of the wall All right, Jim, I can hear you. You're still laughing. No, this I, is serious stuff. I, if that doesn't get the point across, I don't know what will. <laughs> We're not trying to get the point across. We're trying to get the point through the glory <laughs> hole. ACDC, Back in Black. The album turns 40 Saturday, a special on the air, 5 p.m., on both FM 96 in London and Y108 in Hamilton. You can hear the entire album front to back and special interviews with band members. We've got a friend of ours, DJ Williams. He's one of the sales reps for Chorus Radio. He's joining us. Good morning, DJ. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Now, the reason we want to have you on, um, I saw the picture you posted earlier this week. I know you're an ACDC guy. I mean, it's hard not to be when you grew up in in the time where Back in Black was released. Um, but uh, you posted a picture of yourself in the studio where the album was recorded. I did, yes. I had an opportunity to go to uh, Nassau, Bahamas. I was actually engaged and married there. And uh, a few years ago, we were down celebrating and uh, decided to uh, go down to that part of the island where the, the old... Uh, Compass Point Studios location is, which has been closed and abandoned since then. Um, but I had done a little research on it and had a ch- chance to get down there and uh, put my hands and eyes up to the window and look in and had an opportunity to, to go in and experience the, the vibe of such a, a famous studio. And people have no idea that, that Back in Black was actually recorded in the Bahamas. I didn't know that until I saw that picture with, with the caption underneath it. Now, you say you were able to get inside the studio. I ha- heard you may have had to bribe your way in. <laughs> well, With a brick through the window. <laughs> yes, it's, it's not exactly the greatest part of town in Nassau. And I, when I was kind of snooping around, I didn't realize that I was kind of maybe disturbing some people because since the studio shut down, it's been taken over uh, by another family. But... The studio is still there, technically. A lot of the equipment and stuff is still inside. And I went to the door, and the gentleman didn't want to let me in. They, they don't really like tourists coming by, and I tried to plead my case. I'd come such a long way, and he basically said, uh, 
Well, maybe if you make a $100 cash donation right here on this spot, I'll make sure that it gets to some local musicians and all that. And I said, great, knock yourself out. Done. 100 bucks, man. You pay 100 bucks to get into a lot worse places than Compass Point Studios. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> so what was it like to be sitting there in front of that console knowing that those switches and buttons were used to, uh, to capture one of the greatest rock and roll albums of all time? Well, you know, upon other uh, more research, it wasn't just that album. I mean, that was amazing because I went in there sort of thinking uh, this is where they recorded Back in Black. And then after looking into more research, I realized that, you know, Bob Marley and Bowie and Clapton and Kravitz had all been in there and recorded themselves. The, the Stones did Tattoo You there. You too recorded Dire Straits. And even to find out that the Tragically Hit did an album there too. Cool. Do you know what hip album was recorded down there? In Violet Light. Right. One of their more recent albums in the last uh, 20 years or so. Yep. Yep. Um, and what's it like inside? Like, does, it, does it feel like a, a hallowed spot for, for music or is it kind of dumpy? It's, it's, it's dumpy. It was dumpy back then. It wasn't ever a fancy Hollywood studio by any means. But that's what bands liked about it, because they could go down there with some anonymity, is that how you say it? Yeah. And uh, they were able to get down there, um, and after a while, they bands couldn't go there without being noticed anymore. But it was a little private escape where the bands could go down there and live together, and they could rehearse together, play, record, you name it. And, uh, and you're um, in paradise. Yeah, exactly. But But the funny part about the Back in Black album with it is that um, what what people don't understand is that Bon Scott had just died, right? He died on February 19th, 1980. And just after uh, they had finished, uh, you know, Highway to Hell, and this was so shocking to them, they, they actually considered disbanding. And uh, it, the, the story goes that Bon Scott was a really big fan of Brian Johnson's. And uh, when when Bond passed away, the band actually went to Brian Johnson and said, "Hey, we want to we want to keep the band together, and we'd love to have you come uh, record with us and write with us." And uh, they show up in the Bahamas, and Brian Johnson's actually never been in a studio with these guys. It was kind of like getting together and recording for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you, and that's what came out of it. Imagine being an ACDC fan. I mean, I was young. I, I listened to the album growing up over and over again. But imagine you're a fan. You find out that the lead singer, Bon Scott, has died after Highway to Hell. And you're thinking that could be it. And then they say, okay, we got a new lead singer, a new album. Uh, your expectations can't be that high. Back in Black comes out. And it goes down as one of the greatest rock and roll albums, if not greatest albums of all time. Oh, totally. I mean, and when they got there, there was a hurricane going on. And they'd actually, the electrical system had been shot in the building. And all of their gear was, was stuck in customs in Bahamas. So the guys are sitting down there twiddling their thumbs. They're having power outages. There's water coming into the studio. There's even stories that there were crabs actually walking right into the middle of the, the <laughs> rehearsal room. They, the guys just free lunch. Like this. <laughs> but it's funny if you think about it. Um, if you listen to the lyrics of Hell's Bells, 
You might recall them saying, I'm a rolling thunder, pouring rain. I'm coming on like a hurricane. Think about that for a second. It was, uh, it was quite, quite an amazing uh, situation, but Mutt Lang was able to, you know, make some magic of it and, and uh, you know, just learning more and more about the album. I mean, when you hear that, that bell on Hell's Bells, yeah. there, was, there was quite a story about even getting a hold, not just a hold of a bell that could deliver that sound, but also, I guess Mutt Lang had, had found one little sweet spot on that album where they had a red, or on the bell, where they had one red dot. And that was the exact place that that had to be hit every time for that bell. Wow, I, I, it's pretty uh, remarkable, and it, it, it's lightning in a bottle. You know what I mean? Everything yeah. came together, and it just worked, and it worked so well. And we're looking forward to celebrating forty years of a great rock and roll album, Back in Black on Saturday on Y108 in Hamilton and FM96 in London, starting at 5 p.m. More stories, interviews with the band, and, of course, we will play the album in its entirety. DJ, pretty cool, man. That's $100 well spent. I think it is. Yeah, I bought some new uh, some new earbuds. I, You know, everybody's getting these wireless earbuds. I've seen people walking around with them, and I was like, it's time for me to get them because I feel... Like if I'm doing chores or working outside or playing with the dog, uh-huh. the cord gets caught on a branch or a dog's paw or something. The phone goes flying out. It's happened to me like dozens and dozens of times. Even when I'm inside the house, it'll catch on a doorknob or something like that. And so I was like tucking my phone. I would plug my phone into my earbuds and then put it down my shirt and into my pocket. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta put the wire inside. Yeah, inside the shirt to protect it. So I bought some some uh, some wireless headphones. They they cost me like seventy five bucks. And uh, they they work actually pretty well. I you know you, you have to charge them. You charge them. It comes in this little box. It's like the size of a almost like a dental floss case, a little bit bigger than yeah. that. And then you plug that in. You put those in. And so they're like the Apple ones. Yeah, the AirPods. Just cheaper, way cheaper, and they're they're totally black. Um, and they're great. But the other day I was walking the dog, and yeah, I'm just listening to a podcast, and I take my shirt off absentmindedly. <laughs> And I find that earbuds, hard to believe. You don't do anything absentmindedly, Jim. <laughs> both the earbuds fell out, and r- one of them rolled down a hill, and I, I I had to search for like five minutes for it, and it, it was in between two rocks. But that was three days after I bought them. And I'm thinking to myself, how long, re- realistically, am I going to have these in my possession? Like, it's only a matter of time until they go missing, right? I'm going to bet two and a half weeks. <laughs> I'm at about a week and a half. So, uh, two and a half weeks from now. Yeah, okay. So I, I'm going to give you until the, let's go, uh, August the 11th. You will no longer have your wireless headphones. Okay. That's my guess. I'll mark the date. Mark it on the calendar. Yeah. Boss Brad, it looks like he's calling from his extension here. He may want to get in on the action. Okay. Hey, Boss Brad. How you guys doing? Good. I don't, I don't think they make it through the weekend. <laughs> yeah, like, it sounds like you've had a pretty good run, Jim. Just, just let them go. <laughs> I do buy new like cord, corded earbuds probably every three months because I lose them. <laughs> this is I haven't converted to the, the wireless. My ears aren't great earbud ears to start with, so earbuds fall out of my ears pretty easily. They they do come with multiple uh, sizes, like mm-hmm. a, like a little thing that can plug your ear, so you, that might help. 
Yeah, but I, f- I feel like the wire is just that extra protector in terms of losing them. Yeah. And I, it's something about being able to plug it in so you don't forget to charge them, you know? It's... L- I- that's not even I'm not wor- ready to make the jump yet. I'm telling you, the worst part isn't even that. The worst part is seeing yourself wearing them. Because, you know, <laughs> that douchey guy who's driving around, he's got the Bluetooth thing in his ear, uh-huh. and it looks so stupid. Now, you walk around, you got two of those, one in each ear. And the other day, I was at the grocery store, and I was wearing a black shirt, a black face mask, and my black cordless earbuds, and I saw myself in the mirror... I was like, what the heck? Like, I would love to go back in time with a photo of myself in that moment and show myself 10 years ago what that was. You've become what you hate. What is it? Like, it's a mask and the cordless. I look like I was from the future. Douchey future. <laughs> the doucher. Back to the doucher. <laughs> okay, well, I've got the, what did I say? The August 11th. August 11th. G- Brad says not through the weekend. Okay. I use them every day. Mm-hmm. How long do you think you're going to have these things, Jim? 2012. Or sorry, 2022. Okay. So you're optimistic yeah. on the whole, even though you've already almost lost them once. Are you on the wireless yet, Brad? No. I, no, they don't fit in my ears. They, they all fall out. Yeah. i got to have really? the ones that, like, the, I've got the little the Beats ones, and they really stick in your ear. But they're they're wired. Yeah, I have I do have a pair of bows. They are wired as well, but they have like a thing that it almost looks like the the earbuds, the earplugs that you used to wear when you go to swimming lessons if you get ear infections a lot. <laughs> you know, they're they're, they're yeah. like the Mold- colorful ones you jam in there. No, they're molded. The ones that are molded to like the shape of your ear. They go over the top? They go in, no, they go in your ear. They, uh, they're, but not just in the hole. They're like molded into the little like crevasse. Sorry, Taz, I wasn't those, one of those weird kids. Uh, neither to, was to I. plug his nose when he jumped into the pool. Neither was I, but I do remember seeing kids, and I did work at, uh, as a janitor at the London Aquatic Center when I was in high school, and I remember seeing kids with the, those earplugs in that kind of were molded into their ear cavity. Oh, you know what? I don't mean to say weird kids. My cousin had those. Now I know what you're talking about. She had the like tubes in her ears. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Way to make fun of kids with tubes in their ears, Jim. I was just trying to make fun of you. <laughs> okay, the count is on. How long till Jim loses his wireless earbuds? We're talking about what it's going to be like if we ever get to go back and watch live sporting events. The NFL is planning on allowing fans to attend their games in the fall, but you will have to wear a mask. They made that announcement yesterday. And Jim, I'm just going through some of the tweets about wearing a mask to NFL games. Here's one. Callie Big Cat tweets, I'll pass. I need to actually breathe in oxygen and I don't think God wants us wearing masks. Okay. Michelle tweets, we don't care anymore. They lost millions of fans by choosing to disrespect our flag, our veterans, and our country. After 49 years of watching, I won't be watching any more hashtag boycott NFL. If that, like, good riddance. Kevin Salazar just tweets, that's illegal. You can't make me wear a mask. That's illegal. Uh, some people are willing to do it, whatever it takes to watch my, my team. Go 49ers. That's from 49ers Girl on Twitter. <laughs> Perfectly fine. I think people will wear full hazmat suits to go out to games. Oh, yeah. The lengths that somebody would go to, to, to watch an NFL game, there will be people to fill those seats. Lauren tweets out, 
Masks are going to make it difficult to chug beers, but life finds a way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe you can set up a helmet that goes through your mask, like a beer dispensing helmet that goes in through the mask, so it's always sealed. It's built into the mask. Yeah. Right. There's another marketing idea for the uh, the NFL. Yeah, or just put a snorkel on your face and pour it down the tube. Some teams are saying that they will not be allowing fans to watch their home games, so they're going to have empty seats. It could be just a whoever survives the season situation for the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> so do whatever you can to to keep your team healthy. But other uh, teams are going to be letting fans uh, come to the games. Some teams planning on physical distancing, so only letting a fraction of the number of fans that were allowed into the stadium last year to come and watch the games. And you would assume if not as many people are able to buy tickets, they're going to jack up the ticket prices of the ones that they will sell. So we're asking you guys, how much would you pay to go see a sporting event if you knew it was that much more exclusive to be there? There's not many fans. You could be one of them. Here's a message from Jeremy on Twitter. I'm a diehard Steelers fan. I take my wife and daughter down every year to see a game. Tickets are usually 1000 bucks for wow. the three of us, plus hotel, food, booze, blah, 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 but... Problem is, we're Canadian going into an NFL game right now. We'd have to self-quarantine for two weeks when we get back, and that ticket cost would be a lot more than the actual ticket, LOL. Yeah, that's true. The, the border is closed right now. So mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a hypothetical question. It's going to be the same when concerts open up, right? Bands start touring. If they're doing social distancing at rock shows, would you pay more for a ticket? knowing the band needs to make their money, but they can't have as many fans in the stadium. I've paid $1,000 for tickets to a Habs game before. Oh, okay. sorry about your luck. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the seats, like wh- how much you should pay, but that sounds like a lot. Gong Show Tom says, I would pay anything to watch Montreal beat Toronto. A lot of Habs fans out there with deep pockets. <laughs> and we got some calls coming in. Hey, it's Taz and Jim. So about the whole football thing on what you would pay. Yeah. Uh, my boyfriend goes every year um, to see the Vikings and I go shopping, but you couldn't pay me enough to go to the States right now, even if it's limited distancing. Right. So do you get to spend as much shopping as your your boyfriend spends on his football tickets? Yes. That's That's the rule? Yes. (laughs) Well, good news for you then. If tickets are more expensive because of COVID, you get to spend more money shopping. Yeah, I'll forego shopping in the States, though, for quite a little while. Well, you have to. We can't cross the border, which uh, I'm not complaining about. Not at all. I don't think I would pay double for limited seating. Well, if you end up going shopping, just make sure you uh, you don't buy any masks because everyone knows that God doesn't want us to wear masks. <laughs> Baseball is back. Uh, you got the NFL, NBA, NHL just around the corner, but uh, baseball's back. Unfortunately, the Toronto Blue Jays <laughs> don't have uh, a home stadium to play in. They were going to play in Pittsburgh, but... That got canceled because Pittsburgh said we we don't need people traveling, other people traveling to our city to see the Blue Jays play baseball. It's just not safe. 
And we've got a Taz and Jim listener calling here who is from the Pittsburgh area originally. Who's this? Dustin. Dustin, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Taz. How are you doing? Good. So you're from Pittsburgh. Where do you live now? I live up here in near Brooklyn, Michigan. Near Michigan, okay. And you were uh, more than fine with having the Blue Jays go to Pittsburgh. Of course. Why is that? Well, I mean, you guys have been always a great team, uh, especially bringing hockey over to us. Always commend you on that. So you guys have always had been good sportsmanship. So P- I'd rather have you than Cleveland Browns or <laughs> no one from Ohio. We'll take Ontario over Ohio. Okay, now we our signal does go into uh, upstate Ohio all the way to Cleveland. So good morning to our Ohio listeners there. <laughs> now tell <laughs> tell us about PNC Park where the uh, the Jays were supposed to be playing. Is it a nice spot? Oh, right there. PNC Park is amazing. Uh, you have a beautiful open view of Pittsburgh right over on the open end on Clemente Bridge. Um, you guys would have just been right at home. Oh, darn. We would have loved it. And now what are they going to do? I don't know. Like, I, I, The cruise ships aren't really running as much as they were. Is there a cruise ship with a baseball diamond on it? Can we go get the Blue Jays to play in international waters? Is that our, our last remaining option here? I don't see why we couldn't. <laughs> Nowadays, everything's possible. Now, you've moved to Michigan. Do you still cheer for the Pittsburgh teams? Yes, sir. I got a Pittsburgh flag and stuff hanging out here in Michigan out on my driveway. <laughs> Sidney Crosby hasn't been playing. You think he has COVID? I don't know. No, I know. I heard that. He's been off and on the ice, but he's back on now. Yeah. The, the NHL is not telling people um, because of privacy which players do test positive, but you start questioning when you see players who aren't on the ice, especially when they're big names, right? Oh, of course. But I also have to thank you for Sidney Crosby, too. So That's right. He's one of ours. You're welcome. Yeah, he lives just around the corner from us when he comes home. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we're happy to know that we were welcome by some people to uh, to go to Pittsburgh. That's very nice of you. And uh, if the border ever opens again, you're more than welcome to come visit us, okay? Oh, well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. As long as there's a vaccine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Later. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.